0: Last week at AveMariaRadio.net's Poll of the Week, we wanted to know if you thought the bishops would vote to draft a document on the Eucharist. About 65% of you said no, or you weren't sure. And about 35% of you said yes. Well, the bishops have voted to do so, and we will keep you updated with news and analysis here on Ave Maria Radio and at AveMariaRadio.net. Also, be sure to check out AveMariaRadio.net's new Poll of the Week right now at AveMariaRadio.net. Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Coming up a little later today, my friend and colleague Teresa Tomio will be joining me as we take a look at this outburst of uh, hostility and disrespect towards the U.S. bishops. And uh, what's at stake here? Uh, What is legitimate criticism? What isn't and why it really behooves us to make sure that we retain confidence that Christ is head of his church and that our bishops are, in fact, successors of the apostles. And we make a big mistake if we trash them because we disagree with their maybe slow action or, in some cases, we believe they've gone, um, you know, They've done wrong. But we'll have more to say about that a little bit later today. I do want to get to the conversation I had on WJR last week regarding um, Bishop's Conference and the uh, vote to come up with a document next fall dealing with this question of worthiness and the Euchar- worthiness to receive uh, Holy Communion. So I, I thought this was going to be a fairly... Easy interview, and I, I expected that my uh, interviewer would have kind of familiarized himself with the actual issues. As it was, it sounded like, and I didn't. He didn't was he was not hostile, but it sounded as though he had bought a certain type of uh, storyline, and that storyline is that Pope Francis uh, is somehow uh, signaling to the U.S. bishops through the congregation, the doctrine of the faith, that they should stop, that they should not pursue uh, this document on worthiness to receive Holy Communion. L- let, me, let me make it clear. That's false. That simply isn't true. And if you read the document from Cardinal Ladaria, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, you'll see that what's being urged there is patience, serenity, and an attempt to find a consensus among the U.S. bishops. It's a pretty darn commonsensical exhortation. Well, uh, for Pope Francis, (laughs) we actually have a document that he drafted when he was Archbishop of Buenos Aires. He was the Cardinal Archbishop there. It's the, what's called the Aparaceta document. It was done by the Conference of Latin American Bishops, and he had a big role to play in drafting the document. Now listen carefully, please. Um, paragraph 436 reads like this. We hope that legislators, heads of government and health professionals, conscious of the dignity of human life and of the rootedness of the family in our people's, will defend and protect it from the abominable crimes of abortion and euthanasia. That is their responsibility. We, that is the bishops and other Catholics, must adhere to Eucharistic coherence. That is, be conscious that legislators, heads of government, health officials, cannot receive Holy Communion and at the same time act with deeds or words against the commandments, particularly when abortion, euthanasia, and other grave crimes against life and the family are encouraged. Now that is the one explicit statement that we have that we know Pope Francis signed on to when he was still Cardinal Archbishop of Buenos Aires. In fact, it's where we get the phrase Eucharistic coherence. Pope Francis... uh, If he is somehow behind the scenes actively opposing the U.S. bishops from uh, eventually putting together a document that echoes what he drafted as archbishops of Buenos Aires in 2007, well, what can I say? Uh, Then what you have there is then a great personal contradiction. But the American bishops are actually working on a document which I hope will be as explicit and clear as uh, the bishops of Latin America were when they put together this Aparacita a document. You know, it, it, it's amazing that if you look at the storyline of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Associated Press, they are, they are not getting this. We're going to talk about this a little bit later today, too, with Terry Mattingly, uh, who's been examining the relationship between religion and popular media for 25, 30 years now. It's as though the secular press has to shoehorn matters concerning fidelity or infidelity to church teaching into political labels of conservative versus liberal. And those political dichotomies uh, are not entirely meaningless, but they most usually distort the discussion. This discussion is about receiving Christ worthily, and that is not a political discussion. And, and by the way, this discussion is not even new. The U.S. bishops uh, are now forced to address this problem because of uh, we're in the glare of the political spotlight, because uh, we have now a Catholic president who is receiving Holy Communion, while at the same time he is a champion of expanded abortion rights. Now, had Catholic pro-choice John Kerry won in 2004, the bishops would have been faced with the same problem. And in fact, in 2006, they waited until 2006, so they could not be accused of influencing the 2004 race between Catholic pro-choice John Kerry and Protestant pro-life John McCain. So they waited until 2006, and then they published a document, and this is the title of it. Happy are those who are called to his supper, um, preparing to receive Christ worthily in the Eucharist. Yeah, they reached a similar conclusion, although not stated not as forcefully as the Aparasita document. And back, if you go back to 1998, they also addressed the question of political officials, public officials, who are champions of abortion, uh, receiving Holy Communion. L- let me read that just a passage from Living the Gospel of Life back in 1998. We urge those Catholic officials who choose to depart from church teaching on the inviolability of human life in their public life to consider the consequences for their own spiritual well-being, as well as the scandal they risk by leading others into serious sin. We call on them to reflect on the grave contradiction of assuming, assuming public roles and presenting themselves as credible Catholics when their actions on fundamental issues of human life are not in agreement with church teaching. No public official, especially one claiming to be a faithful and serious Catholic, can responsibly advocate for or actively support direct attacks on innocent human life, end quote. John Paul II, Benedict XVI have written similarly, And Pope Francis, I'm convinced, would in fact echo his predecessors as he did when drafting the Aparasita document. Uh, Now, it is true that the Catholic bishops, uh, and above all the Pope, are striving to uh, protect the unity uh, of the Church. Um, They want a, a slow process by which they can arrive at kind of a consensus decision, uh, you you probably feel like I do, and which is like, well, how much time do you need? I mean, this is not news. And it's true. And when I interviewed Archbishop Corderlyon, he, he, he admitted that the bishops are now facing the unpaid bills of the church. This is an issue that should have been straightened out a long, long time ago, at least since uh, uh, former New York Governor Mario Cuomo's Speech at Notre Dame back, I think it was 1984, where he really uh, pioneered uh, this idea of being personally opposed to abortion but publicly supporting it. That was the that was the time uh, to make a a big issue of it, and I'm sure some bishops did at that time, uh, just like they did again in 1998 in Living the Gospel of Life, and like they did again in 2006. In happier those who are called to his supper. I'm sure they're going to come up with a a pretty strong document. That's my opinion. I think they're going to come up with a strong document. Uh, It will not mention President Biden by name because they simply never mention individuals by name. It doesn't happen. If you read papal encyclicals, uh, you don't hear people being called out by name. They call out ideas. Uh, and so what you'll have is, I, I'm quite certain, you're going to have a strong statement about worthiness to receive Holy Communion and that public officials who are championing abortion rights uh, should withhold withhold themselves from the Eucharist. But we'll see. It's going to take a while. And I know people get frustrated by this. I do. I, I It's it does drive you nuts after a while <clears throat> but what can, what can you do nobody nobody put nobody made me a bishop right uh, the point is there's no doubt that this is moving in a good direction there's no doubt that this should have been done before, and there's no doubt that uh we're bound to feel some frustration here. In fact, when Teresa joins me next hour, we're going to talk about this. She's received some interesting mail recently from uh, serious Catholics uh, who are actually leaving the church because of frustrations like this, because of dioceses, which are flying gay pride uh, flags, you know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, what are you... It's when you have you have in situations like that you must find you must find those uh, members of the clergy who actually understand that this is a problem and uh, somehow you've got to work together with them you don't you don't get anywhere by separating yourself going into you know apostasy or into schism Uh, and putting yourself outside the community i think of jeremiah jeremiah was called to prophesy uh, <clears throat> during the time of the exile in the captivity and he had uh messages of warning destruction but also of building up i like to point out jeremiah didn't say that give that prophecy from outside the community or outside the process He was right smack dab in the middle of the community, and he suffered for it. We don't achieve anything by leaving the church.